Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with licensed marriage and family therapist and child mental health specialist, Melody Murray. She was the first person in her family to graduate college and receive an advanced degree. She grew up in a family of chronic addiction and abuse. She's an avid reader and strives to acquire knowledge everywhere she can find it. She has worked with celebrities, the homeless population, and everyone in between. She's traveled extensively around the world for pleasure as well as for business and as a reality TV producer and director. Melody was also a stand-up comic in L.A. for five years. Her motto is, each one, teach one. She loves teaching people how to retain their brain in order to triumph over tragedy. She is a great interview. Enjoy. Thank you for taking a minute out. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's great to meet you, to connect with you. And before we get into your life and what makes you move and, and kind of examining what you do, I want to know how you survived COVID the last few years plus has been quite tumultuous for all of us. And how did you get through it and how has it changed the way that you both live and conduct business? Um, there have been many, many, many changes in my life since COVID happened. I got divorced. My divorce was final December 19th, 2019. So COVID happened, you know, lockdowns began in that March. And so I was in the process of kind of like grieving, grieving the end of a relationship when everybody's being really, really isolated. But the good thing is that I'm naturally an introvert. But I, I closed down my office. I'm a mental health therapist, and I typically would see people face-to-face -face in my office. And I took that opportunity to shut it down because my plan has always been to live abroad and be a digital nomad, although people weren't really using that term as loosely as they do now. Um, hanging out with friends has been big, and, and even traveling. Like, I didn't travel when we weren't supposed to travel, but as soon as it was, oh, well, it's still going. Um, I did a lot of cooking. I did a ton of cooking. Cooking is one of my coping mechanisms and it's very calming for me and, and uh, grounding for me. So I did lots of cooking. I worked the entire time. I'm very grateful that with the work that I do, I was able to keep going. And so I was splitting time between private practice as well as working at a hospital emergency room, which was very intense because I do, or I did at that time, psych assessment. So when people are homicidal or suicidal, I would do an assessment to find out if they need to be hospitalized or not. And the anxiety and depression was really, really high. So it was, it was even more intense than it, all, than it already was. Um, I started out, I did a couple of those Zoom friend hangout situations and immediately shut that down because I talked to people every day, all day, and I realized the last thing that I wanted to do when my day was over was talk some more, even to people that I loved. So I did walks, walks in the woods. You know, the, the woods, the, the, the country has always been healing. I did a lot of walks. And, and I did do phone conversations, individual phone conversations. Um, watched a ton of movies. Um, learned how to play the Beverly Hills Cop theme song on a borrowed keyboard. Um, it was a lot. It was it was a lot, and and we're still going through it, which is odd. 
um, that we're not out of the woods just yet. But I, you know, just, you know, working with my clients was also very helpful because I'm helping get them through something that I'm going through also. Um, so that's how I got through. Cooking, walking, talking. It's interesting because I'm very careful with this question to say that it's over. And by no means am I saying that. I know it's still out there, but I get this the way the world's reacting to it. But it yeah. sounds like you really, yeah, it sounds like you really went after it. You did a lot of therapeutic things, and obviously that's your profession. And I would imagine, you know, not only were you probably thankful that you were able to work, but, you know, in your business, your line of work, I mean, things had to exponentially go up because mental health has become such a crisis. Yeah, it's it's absolutely exploded. And I had decided, because I like like I mentioned earlier, I I want to live around the world. And so I had decided the fall of 2019 to stop taking new clients because I knew that I was going to be moving around a lot and my, you know, my clients that have been with me for a while, they could handle the adjustments, but I really didn't want to put that, you know, on brand new clients that were, you know, in the beginning of their healing journey. So I decided to stop taking clients, I believe it was October of 2019. And then the pandemic hit and referrals were going through the roof. I was getting emails every day, all day from people wanting to see wanting to start therapy, and it was mostly people who'd never been in therapy before. And it, it was interesting to see how overwhelmed everyone became. And as a therapist, especially when you're starting out, there were so many therapists that are always concerned, like they're afraid that they won't be able to have a caseload. They won't be able to have a clientele. And that changed everything. So where everybody else was ramping up, I ramped down. Because I knew that I was also going through the same thing everybody else was going through. And I didn't want to burn myself out helping other people because ultimately I wasn't going to be able to help anybody if I'm not helping myself and taking care of myself. So I just started taking new clients within the last couple of months, honestly, which has been interesting to, you know, take on new clients and not, be with them physically in the same room. So that's altered the people that I work with because I don't work with people who are in crisis because I can't lay my eyes on them. I need to be able to be in the same room with you if I feel that you're really, really in a tough spot. So it has changed the people that I've worked with for sure. So to get really to the essence of everything that you do, I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day mm -hmm. and one of the kids is going to look up at you and say what do you do for a living how do you mm -hmm. answer that child my title is mental health counselor and what that means is I help people learn how to feel better I help people learn how to think differently and that includes thinking more positively and doing things more, taking care of yourself in a more healthy way than you've done it before. I help people talk about the things that bother them so that those things don't bother them anymore. So well, let's go back to when you were in grade school, third grade. What did you envision for your life? What, what was your dream when you grew up to become? You know what, Joseph? My childhood was so shitty that I did not have long-range plans. I mean, 
when you're in survival mode constantly, all you're trying to do is literally survive. So when I was a little kid, I didn't even know therapy was a thing. I wish I did because I definitely needed it, you know, based on the things that I was going through. But, you know, there was a time where I wanted to be a weatherman, and I literally say I, I, I keep it that way, not meteorologist, because no one said meteorologist back then. It was weatherman, and it was weatherman because they were all men. So, you know, that's something, you know, that's what I wanted to be because I was so fascinated and still remain fascinated by the weather. I believe it's an equalizer in a lot of ways. Um, I think I just lost my train of thought. You mentioned third grader and this, you know, describing what it is that I do and what I needed as a third grader. Did I answer your question? It, yeah, you did. Yeah, and it's interesting. <laughs> it, it's interesting because every time I ask that question, there's like this automatic reversion to childhood, and there's kind of a, a giddy kind of airy quality to the answer because everybody gets to go back, and you mm. really dig beneath the layers. And you know, it sounds like with you, you know, and, and I'm going to get back to this, but I guess. My question to you now that you kind of look at your childhood and where you're at and what you're doing now, are you happy with how everything turned out? I am, and I'm surprised. And I fully understand that where I am right now is very much a miracle life that unfolded, and I am grateful. I'm so grateful. I can't say the same for my older sister, who unfortunately went down the same path. Um, as our parents did. So I am grateful. And I never would have thought that I'd be in this position 40 years ago, but, oh, damn, I'm grateful that I am. I guess that's my next question for you is, is that all of these, I mean, you kind of touched on your childhood, but all of these seeds are planted in you one way or another. What were mm-hmm. the seeds that were planted in you that you think kind of grew into becoming a therapist? Growing up, I was always the kid that my girlfriends would talk to in a really deep way. Now, women and men are socialized very differently. And so women are, you know, we're encouraged to open up. But it would go beyond just the basic opening up with me. So that was a big thing when I realized that I knew the private lives of all of our friends. I knew what was happening with their parents. I knew what was going on with them and their boyfriends or girlfriends. People always felt comfortable sharing with me. I think that was really, really, that was something that was important. My grandparents were entrepreneurs, and my grandfather had a construction company, black man owning a company in a small Texas town. That's no easy feat. And he did that for years and kicked ass doing it. So, and, and, I felt like, you know, you don't have to work for someone else to be successful. You don't have to wait on someone else to choose you for a job or a role or anything. You can make your own way. And that was something that I saw early on with my grandparents. And the adventurous spirit, my grandfather was a major, was the major influence on me, and he traveled. Um not extensively, not overseas or anything, but he was quick to, you know, jump in his truck and go somewhere. He was a hunter, he did, he was a fisherman, and he taught himself Spanish, and he got a patent, he created this device and got a patent for it, and 
just going your own way and, and not caring if it doesn't make sense to the people around you. Trusting your instincts is something that has been instilled in me. And it wasn't even, you know, heavy-handed. It was indirect in that when people in my family chose to do something, there wasn't a lot of questioning of them, questioning of their choices and decisions. It was like, okay, well, that's what's happening now. And that has carried on as well. Um, I'm, I just turned 50, and the things that I do, like I do travel, I travel extensively, and there aren't many questions about why I'm going somewhere. There, it, It's just understood that that's Melody. Melody's taken off again. So, you know, being able to think outside of the box, you know, taking in different ways of doing things and not feeling judged or questioned, that's helped me a lot when it comes to being a therapist and helping people see their lives in new ways and processing their experiences in ways that help them get through that isn't traditional. I think that's been really helpful. Yeah, I like that. That's great. Yeah, it's kind of my philosophy on life. Um, so you may have already answered this, but I'm going to ask, who's been kind of your hero or role model for you consistently throughout your life? My grandfather, and even even beyond death, you know, he's in my heart all the time. So he was a major influence. And also my grandmother. My grandmother, you know, my grandmother never went anywhere. She took care. She got married very young and had three girls very young. And so what she wasn't able to do, she made sure that her children and grandchildren were able to do. And so I was introduced to, um, you know, foreign countries through magazines, through magazines. And she was a cook. She was a cook at a, at a, at a um, hunting lodge for very, very wealthy people that would come in from around the world. And so she would have me there with her as she's cooking and, you know, just having like simple conversations. But, you know, her telling me, oh, this person, this is the Prince of Liechtenstein. And then she'd pull it up on a map. And this person is, you know, visiting from Germany. And she'd point it out on a map and have them tell me where they're from and, and what they like to do and what their countries are like. That planted seeds in my mind of adventure. And and knowing that there was a whole other world out there outside of this small Texas town that I was growing up in. And and to be introduced to that with enthusiasm and not fear was huge. So if you could meet anybody alive on the planet right now, who would you love to meet and talk to? <sighs> wow. Well, I can't say Oprah because I've already met her twice. Um <laughs> Oh, wow. Somebody alive. I, I, Barack Obama. I would like to meet him because I feel like he went, the, the, his presidency and the grace it took to do that job, that hard-ass job for so long with all of the obstruction and all of the ugliness that he faced from a whole group of people that just didn't like him because of his skin color. How he managed that for so long. I would love to sit down and talk to him. And also the Dalai Lama. Like, I think about the Dalai Lama <laughs> probably more than I feel. I think about the Dalai Lama quite a bit because I also, I always wonder, like, 
I come across some real idiots. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not my clientele, but just people as a whole. I mean, just watch the news. And I think, how does the Dalai Lama handle himself amongst such ignorance and such hate? Like, how does he flow through his day without being bogged down by the bullshit that we see and yeah. hear all the time? Yeah. So graceful. Well, I guess it's graceful human beings. Those are the people that I want to spend time with. Patient and graceful yeah. people. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that's the same thing with Obama, too. It's like, this. Yeah, you know, the only real complaint of his presidency was one day with a tan suit, and then we look at what's happening on the landscape of America in 2023, and it's astonishing mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How, how far we've devolved. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that's interesting about your background is, is for a therapist, you know, you don't see comedian in there that often. There's a very, very <laughs> set, you know, yeah. there's a very, very set of things that have, that have gone, gone into who you are, and, and you really kind of opened it up already. But do you believe that all of those, those pieces of who you are and what you've tried to do and what you've done in your life ultimately benefit you in broadening horizons for people therapeutically? 100%. 100%. Because I think the, the comedy thing, that I've loved comedians since I was a little kid. I've watched stuff that I should not have been watching um, and just felt so impressed by the ability to command an audience, to be on a stage by yourself, no instruments behind you, and have all eyes on you, and be able to speak and not be nervous. I was painfully shy as a child, still shy to an extent, but just I didn't want people looking. I used to complain about my brothers and sisters like looking in my direction. That's how shy I was as a little kid. So... um I I did a career day. I'm I'm really deep into education, and I had a teacher friend reach out to me to come in and sub for career day because the speaker she had chosen had had to cancel at the last minute. So I was like, "What do you want me to talk about?" She's like, "You've had like a thousand jobs. Just talk about that." <laughs> I said, "Okay." So I was in a library, in um, and it was a bunch of Uh, high school kids and I had a whiteboard and so I got there a little early and I wrote down every single job I've had every single job and I just and what I did was I talked to them about how I got from one thing to the next to the next to the next you know working in corporate America and then running a film festival and then being a tv producer and then a comedian and then jumping to mental health and and, you know, talking to them about how you can do whatever the hell you want, you can do all the things. You don't have to pick one thing. You can do all of them. You just have to be strategic about it. And so I do, in, in every session I have, there are parts of me that come out from every single experience I've ever had, from being a little kid to working in a hospital to being on set of a reality TV show, all of it. All of it comes together. So, you know, you've obviously experienced trauma early on. You deal with therapeutic situations regularly. I'm curious, you know, 
do you ever, as a human being with your brain and the way that we're wired and the way that we live, do you ever get to a point where you're healed from that trauma from childhood, or is it always lingering in a continual lifelong process that you have to go through and continually heal it? I mean, it's, I mean, is there ever a point where you're like, okay, I'm ready to move on to the next step here? I feel like there's some kind of bridge that's been connected between who I am right now and what's happened to me in the past. How does that work for you and your philosophy on therapy? I do believe that when – I believe healing is a choice. We are all not actively healing. We are not. And I think that when you make the choice, it opens the door to a whole lot of things that you're never going to 100% be prepared for. Healing is layered. You know, it, it really is a layered process, and you deal with what comes at you. What What are the presenting issues? Is it the – you know, behavior connected to depression or anxiety. Like, what are what's right in front of you? Tackle that. Then we deal with the underlying stuff, the event itself. What happened around, uh, you know, what was the moment? What was the event? And then processing that. And then as we grow older, I, I say this, I typically work with high-achieving adults who experienced childhood trauma. And so with them, it is a very long journey because they're also impatient um, and they want to feel better right here, right now. And, and we all do. But it is multi-layer, it's multi-step because as we evolve, like our brain continues to evolve until our mid-20s. We're not, you know, we don't, we're not done growing. Our mind isn't done growing at 18, you know, whenever we can register to vote and go off into the military. Our mind keeps growing. So when we take that, in, that, that fact into account as we hit different developmental stages, different elements of our early trauma come out because our, our mind is mature enough to be able to understand what's happened. So you do have to be very – you have to understand that it takes multiple steps to heal. And in, in healing, that word means different things to different people. You know, does healing mean that you don't think about that situation at all anymore? Or does healing mean when you think about it, it doesn't, it's not debilitating? And I think that's, that's, that's the goal is that when I think of this thing, it doesn't break me down. It doesn't cause me to fall apart. That's healing. Being able to go there. Healing is not ignoring a situation. That's not healing. But healing is being able to think about what happened. And keep going, keep moving, keep breathing, keep talking, keep going. So at the end of a proverbial day for you, for all the things that motivate you to get through the day, how do you quantify a good day? How do you look back on that day and say that day worked? Hmm. I love hearing my clients say, I never thought about it that way. That is something to, that's like catnip. That is something that just moves me on so many levels is when someone is able to think about their situation in a new way that makes it work for them. So whenever I have a day where I've got clients that are like, I feel better. These are the things I'm doing. I thought about this differently. Or I had a similar situation go down and I handled it like this instead of like that, the way that I used to. Those are good days. So let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into, say, your 20-year-old version of yourself, and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom and the, the paths that you've cho chosen in your life. What advice would you give your younger self? 
It's funny, I actually had this conversation with myself the other day. Um, it would all of my advice I think would all be financial. It would be to, you know, start buying stocks sooner, you know, buy property sooner, take a chance. Um, ask for, for guidance. Uh, it would be along those lines. I think when it comes to friendship and love, oh man, I've been blessed. I have been so blessed with the relationships that I've had. Even my divorce. We're still friends. You know, we still talk. So I think that that relationship stuff is good, but I would tell myself, because I've been taking chances for so long that I think that's an advantage of having parents that it weren't any good and didn't do any guidance. I didn't feel any pressure to fulfill anybody's expectations or to live up to some family name. I didn't have any of that. So I've always been in adventures where people would say, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to try that? I'd always say yes. But I think that it would be take more chances. Like I would take, I take chances you know, career-wise, I always took chances, but I'm the taking chances when it comes to money, which is a difficult thing for people to do when they've grown up in poverty. So I, I would, I would tell myself to dive into my money issues way sooner, so that they wouldn't hold me back. So, Melody, everyone out there has a perception of you, an idea of who they think you are: your family, your friends, your clients. But ultimately, you live your life. You have a perception of yourself. Who do you think you are? Hmm. Who do I think I am? Wow. I think I'm I'm a, a resilient, silly person. I think I can get through anything, and I always look for humor uh, in every situation. I think I'm I'm I, I'm simply complicated. <laughs> you know, my needs are very simple. But I have high standards. Um, hmm. That's a great question. I think you answered it. <laughs> Thanks for you know, me <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I think you can go, but I think sometimes there is a perception that there. It's almost like a PhD dissertation, like you like it's like a doctoral thesis, but it really sometimes comes down to the simplicity of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you wanted to add to it, that's totally fine. No, I think I'm at the bottom of the well. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. Well, Melody, hey, this has been refreshing and wonderful. Thank you for opening up and. Um, and, and, and letting us into your world a little bit. Before we get out of here, let everybody know how they can learn more about you, your services that you provide, anything related to your world. Where do they go? Uh, check out my website. It's Melody, L-M-F-T. Melody is my first name, M-E-L-O-D-Y, and L-M-F-T stands for Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. So that is my handle on Instagram, on Facebook, and that is my website. Wonderful. Melody, thank you very much. Keep enjoying the travels and and the healing, and have a great 2023. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. You do the same. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, mental health, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on either YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.